Courtney, why is your podcast one of the worst podcast ever? Well, shush, I like it. It's the worst podcast ever. I'm Courtney, I'm your host. It's bad. Stop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the worst podcast ever. My name is Courtney, and I am still your host. Just our normal disclaimer, you guys, this is the worst podcast ever, so this is probably lightly edited or not edited. It's probably not edited, but a little surprise for you guys. I have talking points because I will ramble. It's to keep me on track. So I put thought into this episode, even though I just came up with the idea today. Yes, the procrastination is still here, you guys. It is Sunday, August 1st at 10.23pm and I am sitting in my closet recording this episode like usual. We have a doozy of an episode. I feel like I say that every time, but this one is a doozy. I am talking about something none of you care about. Nightmare on Elm Street. My favorite horror movie. You might be saying, Courtney... Why is Nightmare on Elm Street a really cheesy 80s slasher film your favorite horror movie? And I say to you, it's not only my favorite horror movie, it's my favorite horror series. And I love them. And they're right here. In this big ticker. The thing that keeps me ticking. They live in the ticker. Anyway, so if you don't know what Nightmare on Elm Street is, it came out, see, okay, I have on here introduced Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't have like a little description about it. So anyway, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, yeah, okay. A Nightmare on Elm Street is a 1984 American supernatural slasher film written and directed by Wes Craven. I love Wes Craven. So... Let's talk about why why this is important to me. Well, it's all in my villain origin story. I don't believe I am a superhero. I believe I could be an anti-hero or a supervillain. That's really awesome. Cool. I want to be a supervillain. <laughs> anyway, so I talked about this in my first episode. Um, what got me into the horror genre is I heard some people at school talking about Freddy Krueger. And I said, who is this man? Why is he scary to me? And so then I Googled it. And I Googled Jason Voorhees and I Googled Michael Myers and I learned, oh, these are like killers. Are they real? No, they're from movies. So I sat myself down. 2006 I sit myself down at the family computer and I read the plot I read the whole thing you know the next day I pull it up again but I don't really look at it I take a piece of copy paper and, and a sharpie and I write it from memory yeah I write it from memory so anyway I'm a super villain so That's why this movie has, it lives in my ticker, you guys. So, who, who, who in the heck, who in the heck is Wes Craven? He is the director of lots of, lots of big things. Um, he, 
obviously directed Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Nightmare on Elm Street, did he direct New Nightmare? Did he? I'm, gonna, I'm Googling it. Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Did you direct New Nightmare? Let's see. Nightmare on Elm Street. Interesting. I didn't know he directed. Oh, he directed all of the screams? Poor dude. Yeah, okay. So he directed A Nightmare on Elm Street. He didn't direct Nightmare on Elm Street 3? I must be on. I'm not going to say that. He directed. Okay. <laughs> I, I apologize for the for the me being weird. Um, he directed A Nightmare on Elm Street and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. But things that you also know him for. My horror people. He His first um, writing and directing debut was The Last House on the Left. It was his first film that he ever wrote and directed. The next big thing he did was The Hills Have Eyes. He wrote and directed it as well, which kind of put him ahead in the horror genre as a like celebrated horror director and then he said um he was still waiting for his his movie what like gets him and it was a nightmare on elm street so that's some info on wes and if you remember me saying it is american supernatural slasher film well it is based on a true story dun 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 loosely don't worry about it it's just yeah so he finds this article about this person he's being haunted by like ptsd nightmares and he dies in the middle of a nightmare and he's like oh that's kind of freaky ah six months later another person dies in the middle of a nightmare um a little while later i don't really remember the uh time duration but the third article is what got him he, uh this man who was being haunted by these nightmares um or was it a little boy i think it was a little boy teenager i don't know haunted by nightmares he was like i i think i'm being hunted and i don't want to go to sleep I think whatever is hunting me is going to kill me. The family's like, oh, you're being blah, blah. So they want to give him sleeping pills, and he they think he's been taking them, but in reality, it's under his pillow. And in his closet is a coffee pot filled with black coffee, and the cord is hidden behind curtains and clothes and whatever with an extension cord. And he finally fell asleep, and he died in the middle of a nightmare. And Wes Craven saw that and was like, holy crap, I have to write a movie about that. Which, solid. That, that, yeah. If I read that, I'd be like, holy crap, that's insane. Um, anyway, so, why is Nightmare my my personal favorite movie over other horror movies why is this my favorite over other horror movies because there are better horror movies than Nightmare on Elm Street and the rest of the series it's again it's in my ticker but 
this is one of the movies that is not only when you first watch it, it's kind of like, like, no matter the cheesiness, it's kind of scary, the premise of it. But here are some, here are some favorite things of mine about this movie. A Nightmare on Elm Street is Johnny Depp's debut, acting debut. So good. He's so hot in this movie. Little baby boy. I'm not even sure how old he is in that movie, but since he's old now, I'm allowed to say it. He's hot in that movie. Crop top? Yeah, baby. That's hot. Anyway. That's my favorite part. No, I'm kidding. So, Nightmare on Elm Street was not the first horror movie I ever saw. The first horror movie I ever saw was Jaws. Eh, horror movie, thriller, eh, anyway, a shark. Um, but, like all of you know, I have raging anxiety. I get paranoid over nothing. Nothing. So, before I saw A Nightmare on Elm Street, I watched The Ring by myself. I watched it on a laptop, and you would have thought that someone was going to murder me after I watched it, and that's not even how The Ring goes. I was like, we have to destroy this computer. I'm like, mm, 11, and my grandma's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, we have to destroy this computer. It's gonna get me. It's gonna get me. And she's like, stop. You're a freak. Which, yeah. So, paranoia. It's true. One summer, one summer, I would, like, you know, it's summer. I would stay up all night. And I would leave my light on. And then I was like, oh, my God. We're going to get robbed. We're going to get robbed. And the robbers are going to see that my light's on. And that's why we're going to get robbed. So, I used to have a twin bed. And it had, like, a wooden frame. So, my twin bed could move a little bit. I would sleep in the crack. Like, I wouldn't be on the mattress. It'd be the twin bed, the crack of the, like, between the bed and the wall. That's where I slept. And I put my dog, Pris, at the time, in front of me. Poor Pris. And then I put a stuffed animal in front of both of us. You couldn't see us. No. No, 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 no. You couldn't see us. And I have lots of thought-out places where I'm going to hide if we ever get robbed now. I'm not going to say it, because what if robbers are listening? Hi, robbers! Anyway, <laughs> um, a book I read one time also made me horribly paranoid. I, I did block it out of my memory, I just know that I read it, and so, so scary afraid of it. It was, it was like, don't think about it. Don't, I, I don't know. I think Emily Osment was in the movie, though. Anyway, if you're wondering... Google Emily Osment, like, don't think about it. Decom? I don't know. Um, but really, my mom was like, Courtney, it's a book. It, you're fine. And I was like, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And she's like, stop. Anyway, so I'm a really paranoid person. Keep this in mind. So, uh, you know, I wasn't able really to watch Nightmare on Elm Street when I was young and like remembered it I guess because like VHS was getting out of style DVD was coming in but like you know I'm about to turn 21 like I'm at that cusp of like we didn't have this yet and we have VHS but we didn't have it on VHS but we don't have like technology technology so I you know what I mean 
So, anyway, I wasn't able to watch it until I knew that my brother had an Amazon Prime account and Prime Video existed. And he rented it for me on Prime Video, and that's when I watched it for the first time. And oh boy, yeah, I thought I was going to die. I didn't go to sleep. Oh yeah, baby. My friends who are listening know that I don't get scared often now. But when I watch a horror movie for the first time, I just I just stuttered over all my words. <laughs> when I watch a horror movie for the first time, no matter if it's good or bad, like, if I know nothing about, I don't know, it's something about, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I was just freaked out. Also, I was younger than I am now, but I was freaked out. And then I decided to watch it again. And that's probably the actor in me watching their acting and just watching how freaking cool the movie is. I'm going to talk about that. Don't you worry. Um, it was just freaking cool. But before we get into it, you guys, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the show, Fit Check. So, I'm wearing blue OCU shorts. Oh, and they are Nike. Cool. I got them from the bookstore, Ghost Stars, and I am wearing a... Gildan Dear Evan Hansen t-shirt that I think um Ashlyn and uh Ashlyn's friend Emily got for us in New York. I think that's when that was. Anyway, um my hair's up in a bun, I was cleaning the house. I'm a little sweaty. That's why I'm out of breath, because it's a little hot. Anyway, you you guys know the pod. You're fine. Okay. So. Uh, so Nightmare on Elm Street really kind of propelled me towards the horror genre. I'm not really sure. I just kind of kept watching them. I would have um, scary movie nights with um, some of my like friends in my old friend group. We would watch all of these movies. We watched Insidious, The Conjuring, Paranormal Activity. Like, it just propelled and propelled and propelled and propelled to where I am today, and I can't shut up about horror movies. I, if you're like, Courtney, what's that one horror monster? And I'm like, who do you want to know about? I'll, I'll tell you. Who do you want to know? Who do you want to know? Anyway. So... Yeah, let's talk about how cool the special effects are in that movie. If you've seen this movie, or if you haven't, Nightmare on Elm Street was the lowest of low budgets. It's such a low budget movie, and you can tell now. Then, in 1984, holy crap, holy crap, it was, like, beautiful. And some of the effects still today wow me. Ugh. So there are two scenes in particular that I want to talk about. Um, Nancy Thompson, our main character, who I will talk about so soon because I'm obsessed with her, uh, is laying in bed. She's trying to go to sleep. Above her is a wall, and you see Freddy kind of pop through it like rubber, kind of. If I was filming this, 
which let me know if you guys want me to start filming these and like putting them out on YouTube. I would put up a picture of what I was talking about. Um, because right now you're just gonna have to deal with my descriptions. He's like out with his claws uh, over her bed and then he goes back in and then she's like, what? And then she puts a crucifix above her and then it's fine. That, uh, I don't know. The first time watching that is like, whoa, there's no CGI in this movie. Like Wes Craven and the producers couldn't afford it. It's like, they just went and bought spandex. It was 10 cents back in the day. That's just so freaking astounding cool to me. So freaking astounding cool. The next scene, which if you've ran into articles about Nightmare on Elm Street, you've probably seen this picture. When Nancy is asleep in the bathtub and you see Freddy's claw come between her legs. You're like, whoa, how'd they do that? They just cut a hole in the bottom of the bathtub and like had a tank underneath it for a guy to do that like it's so simple but on camera holy freaking crap like that's insane I just am so from an actor standpoint now and a person who is in love with movies like the simplicity of movies with no CGI and like how they fixed it like it leaves me speechless of they're like okay well, this could work. And then it does? Ugh. Insane. Anyway. So, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah. Uh, there's so much I could say. But, Nancy Thompson is by far my favorite final girl ever. Ever. Ever, ever. She's just... Ugh, she's amazing. So, we're going to talk about it um, in Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol J. Clover. Read it. It's so good. She describes the final girl as this. The image of the distressed female most likely to linger in memory is the image of the one who did not die, their survivor or final girl. She's the one who encounters the mutilated bodies of her friends and perceives the full extent of the preceding horror and of her own peril, who is chased, cornered, wounded, whom we see scream, stagger, fall, rise, and scream again. She is abject terror personified. I just, that description of, I don't know, I just get so awe-inspired of these strong women that are portrayed in horror films, because you wouldn't, Again, if you listen to the first episode, you would never think that. You would think, oh, women always get, always get killed more than men. Um, thanks to dead, the Dead Meat YouTube channel, James and Janice. I, I love them. I love them one day. I hope to get them on the pod. Anyway, in any kill count you watch of his, the men almost always outnumber the women in number of kills because women are smarter women are written smarter sometimes women aren't smarter than men and that's crazy for me to say but women are written smarter in horror movies which I don't know why I think that's weird but anyway 
Carol goes on to say this about Nancy. The grittiest of the final girls is Nancy of of A Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Aware in advance that the killer will be paying her a visit, she plans on elaborate defense. When he enters the house, she dares him to come at her, then charges him in a direct attack. As they struggle, he springs the contraption she has set so that he is stunned by a swinging sledgehammer, jolted and half incinerated by an electrical charge, and so on. When he rises yet again, she chases him around the house, bashing him with a chair. Um, and then the footnote on this is, this film is complicated by the fact that the action is um, part of a uh, envisage, is that even, I don't really know this word, <laughs> is part of a montage as a living dream. Nancy finally kills the killer by killing her part of the collective nightmare. So how Nightmare 1 should have ended um, is Nancy looking at Freddy and saying, I take back off the fear I gave you, which I think, holy crap, that is such a strong woman thing to say. I take back all of the fear I gave you? Are you kidding? If we said that to men that hurt us, oh baby, they'd be like, huh? what? True valid vibes. I take back all the fear I gave you. I take back all the tears I gave you. You suck. You suck. True. Anyway, I'm gonna calm down about that. Nancy's actress, Heather Langenkamp, is so cool. I talked to my G5 sisters about it for a Crescent Crash course. She is so cool. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Her first ever role was an extra in The Outsiders. Now she owns a special effects company and she did stuff for A Cabin in the Woods. Are you kidding and joking? That's so cool. I'm going to calm down now. It's okay to like movies, to like horror movies that are cheesy and bad. It's okay for that to be your favorite thing to watch. As a person who loves horror and wants to have her horizons expanded, there are movies that I won't watch and I I won't do it. And everyone, I think, obviously needs to set boundaries and stick to them. But especially in horror, because boundaries get pushed all the time and that is what the horror genre is about. But there are movies that, no, I won't watch. I have seen every sequel of The Purge. It's just a freaking silly movie. The first one, though, not The First Purge, but, like, The Purge, the first one that ever came out, I won't watch it. It's too real. It's too real of a thing to happen in my brain. That's worst-case scenario. It's too real for me. I'm sure there are some of you out there that's like, Courtney, that's such a great movie. Nah, too real for me. I will not ever watch Human Centipede. I will not ever watch Cannibal Cannibal Holocaust. I will not ever watch a a Serbian film. It's just these things that are just either too far, push boundaries too much in my opinion, or just are icky gross. I'm not going to watch it. And that is okay. I feel like I just like preached a whole sermon. (laughs) It's okay. 
you know, as a person starting out in the in horror, you might be like, I want to watch all the horror movies that people are like, this is so good. You don't have to. They're going to call you not a true horror fan. And you can say, you suck. I take back all the fear that I gave you. Uh, you suck. Say that to them. Because they do. They suck. And they take all the fun out of horror when they say you're not a true fan, when you don't want to watch a movie. They suck. Um, the funny factor, though, of Nightmare on Elm Street, the entire series, whoa, whoa, so funny to me, so good. Um, the one-liners of Freddy set the horror big three apart, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th were predecessors to Nightmare on Elm Street. And they are two silent killers who wear masks. Sure, the characters in all of those movies are written badly, so you root for the killer to kill them in cool ways. But with Freddy's quippy one-liners and still cool ways of people to die and characters that are written well, you have a good film in front of you. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear it if you guys think, you know... Let me stop that right there. If you want to slander Nightmare on Elm Street, go ahead, because it is a cheesy 80s movie. But it's... But... But it's good. So... Anyway. But... Let's dive into the bad. Let's talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. This movie came out in 2010. Uh, I was... Excited. 2010... Now, now I'm doubting myself. Now I'm doubting. Nightmare. On Elm. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out in 2010. I think I saw it. Not in 2010. But, um... I was so disappointed in this movie for a couple reasons. Uh, not even a couple reasons, just a big fat no. It is too melodramatic and over the top trying to bring Freddy back down to earth to be scary. And where the series ended with New Nightmare, with the meta-ness, which I'm not going to get into... It it was fine without a remake, and I know around this time, Friday the 13th is getting remade, and now Halloween is getting remade, but Nightmare on Elm Street, just mm, tie a bow on it and leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Just push it away, leave it alone. Um, So, Freddy Krueger. He is a dream demon person, supernatural being. He was a, like, a janitor, gardener, worker at a school. And he killed lots of children, the Elm Street children. Um, and it is implied heavily in the original Nightmare on Elm Street that he was also a child molester. Now, they couldn't ever say this outright because around this time there was an actual case of 
a person at a school molesting children. So they reshot some things and rewrote the script a little bit to where it wasn't too heavy for the people who, for the victims of this. Um, but it is heavenly, heavily, it's not heavenly, it's heavily implied that is the case. And Nightmare on Elm Street functions great without it being a large plot point of the movie. The remake, however, takes that plot point and just throws it. Throws it around. Oh, I do have to say, the parents of the living Elm Street children burned Freddy alive. And I'm not, I don't want to get into how he lived. Because I'm, you know, I love this movie, but I'm really still not sure. Any of you horror fans, DM me on Instagram if you know. Because I don't. <laughs> um, so, the remake just was so heavy. There are some cool shots that I do like. And there's a couple of concepts in the movie that are cool and likable. But with that atmosphere being so heavy and not having Robert England's quirks. Who is this guy that did it? Jackie. Jackie. Jackie who? Jackie, what's your name? Jackie, what's your name? Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> um, Jackie Earl Haley brings some really interesting things to Freddie. But Robert England is just so perfectly cast. I it, It's hard for any Nightmare fan to see it any other way. It was just a lot. Um, but from diving into the horror genre with Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's movies have shown me other horror movies in the genre that I like. Um... Besides Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, the Scream series, showed me that I like funnier horror movies rather than objectively heavy, terrifying, never watch it again. I have a few of those movies that I do enjoy, scary, terrifying, never watch it again, but I would rather watch a movie that makes me not terrified for my life. I don't know. Like, I want to be scared, but I want, the, I want the ending to be not bleak and just, like, leaving you feeling, like, complete and total crap. You know? Like, it's just, you want something different, and that's just, that's just how I function as a person. And I also like seeing strong women in movies, and so that's why I'm moving on. Because, sadly, Wes Craven has passed away. I think he died in 2015. Um, but now one of my favorite horror directors is Mike Flanagan, and Mike Flanagan has directed Oculus, he has directed Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor, and he has directed Gerald's Game, which is what I'm talking about, which is what I'm going to move into and then in the episode. Um, Gerald's Game is a Stephen King adaptation, and if you know anything about this movie or book, you know it, people think it's unadaptable. It shouldn't have, like, there's no way to properly adapt this into a film. 
and Mike Flanagan did it. It's on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. Go watch it. It's insane. Carla, so good, so good. She is a strong woman that in the end you say good for her. Good for her. I just like those movies. I like good for her movies. Jennifer's Body, good for her. Good for her. Midsummer, good for her. I mean, like, Colt, not good, but like Midsummer, good for her. Good for Florence. I don't know. I digress. Thank you for listening to me ramble for 33 minutes. Yeah. I just, I'm still in awe that I get to talk to people who want to listen to me talk. Um, one of, this is one of my favorite things to do. I did, you know, oh, there are a lot of reasons why I decided I wanted to do a podcast, but like one of my favorite things is, um, I feel like people who are passionate about a lot of things, people shut them down. And I really hate that. And it's happened to me before. And so I made a podcast so people wouldn't shut me down. If you don't want to listen to it, if you don't want to listen to me ramble about Nightmare on Elm Street, skip this episode, you know? Um, I'm going to back to school soon, so we'll have some fun guests coming up. Get ready. Get excited. Um, interact with me on Instagram and Twitter at the worst pod ever. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.